Sorry, it took me a minute to grab my stuff. I apologize. Uh, well, good morning, everybody. I am very, very excited to be with you guys this morning. Um, now, I don't know if, it, if this happens with you, but for me as a, uh, as a kid starting at five years old, I went to kindergarten and then all the way through my entire life, even through till I graduated seminary, I got a, a master's degree uh, from Talbot School of Theology. And even as that was happening, I was in student ministries. I was working as a youth pastor and I did that for 10 years. And so there's part of me that that feels like a year is not January to December, but it is September to June, and then there are a couple of months that just don't count. So I feel like that's kind of been built into my way of thinking, and our reason for doing the summit today and preparing ourselves for what lies ahead is because of that very reason. There's a, there's a rhythm that comes with the school year, with the start of something new. We're coming out of the summer and going into uh, a season of ministry uh, that is an important season for us as a church. So if you were wondering why are we using August to cast vision, to pull the body together, to equip and prepare you for the year ahead, that's why. This feels like more of a year even than January does. So I apologize if your brains are in the New Year's Eve, New Year's Day place for that. Mine is not. This is, this is the New Year. We took our kids to school this week. It is the New Year. So Happy New Year, everybody. Um, now, one of the things that's been really exciting for us as an elder team to do over the last couple of months is reflect on uh, our first five years as a church. So I mentioned last night we're about to turn six. October uh, 11th is our official uh, anniversary. We're going to be celebrating generosity, celebrating our anniversary with Celebrate Generosity on October 4th. We're, we'll give you a bunch of details on that this afternoon, uh, but we're really looking forward to that. But to look back on the journey of Anthem Church has been pretty incredible. Uh, we, we haven't done a great job counting, but up to this point, we've gotten a chance to, uh, to see approximately 76 baptisms as a church. Uh, people coming to faith in Jesus and professing that faith through baptism, and it's been incredible. And one of the things that we value so highly about that is as a church, we're not... We're not what you would consider to be an evangelistic church in the sense that we host events every couple of months and we, uh, you know, do massive things to try and draw people in and introduce them to Jesus and baptize them there. These are people that have come to faith through you, through the body, being on mission, sharing Jesus Christ with your kids, your family, your friends, your coworkers, total strangers. We have gotten to see Jesus preached through this body in a powerful way. Our absolute core, our, our foundation of being a church is found in this concept of community life that Kevin's going to be talking about in a little bit, just what it means for us to not simply teach at you. Sometimes Sunday mornings can be very one-directional, and we don't see that in the scriptures. The church is a community, a family of people that are on mission together. And yes, there is a teaching component and a worship component. We do that on Sunday mornings. But the critical nature of our, of our life together has been one of our strongest aspects of a church, seeing our community groups start to do life as family, see, seeing the gospel applied. That's the one thing. It's one thing to know the gospel. It's another thing to apply the gospel in life together. And we have gotten to see that in this church in powerful ways. We've gotten the opportunity to see churches planted. We, uh, just to kind of give you an update, we have planted Anthem Camarillo uh, four years ago now. 
Um, we planted Restored Church in San Diego, and they have since planted Restored South Bay and are in the process of planting Restored Los Angeles, which is technically Chatsworth. I think they're cheating and calling that LA, but that's okay. Uh, that's okay. It's all LA. To people that live anywhere outside of LA, Chatsworth is LA. Um, we've gotten a chance to see over the last few months uh, Bert and Sherry get ready to go and plant Anthem Ventura with a, an amazing team of people. Like absolutely incredible to see the team that's taking shape. And now uh, Daniel and Krista are going to be planting Imago Day in Downey uh, a week after Bert and Sherry plant uh, Anthem Ventura. It's pretty exciting to see what God is doing, uh, just taking his church out into the world. Guys, it's been humbling and crazy thrilling for us to be a part of that. It's been interesting for me because a lot of times I'll go to just, you know, meetings with other pastors or, or they, you know, people ask us our story and there's always that kind of shock factor where people say, how old is this church? It's five years old and that's all happened. And I get really, you know, there's part of me that's like, oh, you know, it's honestly, it's, it's God's doing, it's, it's crazy, we have no control over it. But then at the same time, there's this amazing reality that God gave us a heart and a vision and you guys bought into that and said yes to what God was going to do through this place. And over the last five and a half years, this church has said yes and yes and yes and yes to the things that God wants to do. Even though it's not easy, it's kind of it's painful to send people out. It's kind of hard. I mean, I'm watching the, the Rockney community group plant the Lewis community group. Uh, this just happened the last couple of months. It was not easy. It was hard to see. I mean, there was a lot, of, a lot of, not tension, but just difficulty in seeing a community group actually birth another one, but say, we, we like being together, but 47 people in a community group is too many. <laughs> there's, there's pains in reproducing, but to see the joys from that and the fruit from that and the power from that and the, the gospel advancement from that has been so exciting for us. As I've watched this church grow in mission and ministry and honestly our message as we preach through the scriptures and watch that transform us, I don't know that I could be more encouraged with what God has done in us and with us as a people. Now that being said, we're not done. We have not reached the end of our purpose, our mission, our plans, our dreams. What God has put in us, what he has, has given to us is not over in any way, shape, or form. God has more for us. We talked about that last night. More for us personally, more for us as a church, corporately, and more for us in our communities and around the world. God is doing incredible things. Paul wrote this to the Philippians. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to Philippians 3, 12 through 14. This is where we're going to be this morning. Paul writes this. He says, Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. He's talking about the pursuit of righteousness. Guys, I'm not there. It's not over. It's not done. I've got a ton of work to do, but I press on. I'm pursuing it. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is what I mean when I say we're not done. 
When Paul talks about this, there's, there's, yes, him talking about the pursuit of righteousness, but there's also this collective, we press on. There is more ahead of us until Jesus returns, and we hope for that and we long for that. There is a mission that has been entrusted to us. There is a call, an invitation that has been given to us that we have a responsibility to live out faithfully, passionately pursuing more and more and more of what God has for us until kingdom come. That is our story. And Paul's writing to a church that's a healthy church. Sometimes Paul writes to churches and he says, oh, you foolish Galatians. And he's writing correction or he writes to the Corinthians and he's saying, how could you be committing these awful wicked sins? Get it together. To the Philippians, he's writing and he's saying, guys, this is amazing. This is a, a good story. You are a good story in Jesus Christ. And what's his call to them? Press on. Press on toward the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. There is more ahead for you. So what I want to do this morning, we, we pulled together the Anthem Summit uh, for the purpose of, of sharing vision for where God is taking us. What does it look like to be a part of Anthem Church this year? What is it that we are going to, from a collective leadership perspective, put our attention on, our hearts on, that we are essentially calling together the family to say, let's go together. Let's press on together toward the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So I want to share with you guys a couple of things about the year ahead. These are things that the elders have prayed through and worked through and talked about in terms of what it means for us to continue to move forward as a church. So you guys ready for this? Four things that we're going to put our attention on this year. The first is elders. <laughs> you know what we need? We need elders. Uh, here's the thing. As a, uh, as a church that reproduces, we planted Camarillo and we are planting Ventura and something started to kind of... Uh, grow in difficulty in our hearts, and that was, is the thing that we are doing true eldership? If we have an elder team in Thousand Oaks, and, and that's made up primarily of Thousand Oaks people, with the exception of Kevin and Camarillo, and Bert in Ventura, and then the Sugarmans actually transitioned down to Camarillo, it just, it sort of felt like, do we actually know the people that we're supposed to be leading, and shepherding, and taking care of, and protecting, and teaching, do we know them? And can we honestly call that shepherding if the shepherd doesn't know his sheep? That seems to be one of the key job descriptions of the shepherd. And so as we looked at the scriptures and we worked through this, the idea was, okay, we, we have to move away from having one elder team that oversees all of our locations as they continue to move on and reproduce and, and go out to the far reaches of, of what we can reach as, as one church. And so we need more elders. And so as an elder team, we have put our, uh, our attention and our focus on what does it look like for us to be very intentional about developing elders here in Thousand Oaks, developing elders in Camarillo, and in a longer project, but developing elders in Ventura. And seeing a team of people that, that rise up to pastor and shepherd the people of each of these churches as uh, people who know the flock. It's an important part of our, our process of even how we understand what the church is and what it is that we're called to do. So in, uh, in a few weeks, actually, after Celebrate Generosity, we're going to do a teaching series through the church. What is it that we understand to be the church? What does it mean for us to know what, it, what, it, uh, what our job is? 
and how we carry that out. We'll teach about elders. We'll teach about membership. We'll teach about deacons. We'll teach about all of the different aspects of what it means to be a church and to take care of each other and to love each other and to be on mission to the world that lies before us. So over the next 12 months, we will be developing more elders uh, specifically, but then honestly, this is a pattern that we want to get into each year, that developing elders and pouring into the people that are going to be leading this church is a critical piece of what it means for us to shepherd well, to lead well, to take care of the body, to minister, so that, if you look at Ephesians 4, we can equip the saints for the work of ministry. This is not simply to close the loop and to focus our attention inward. This is equipping for the purpose of ultimately being on mission to the world, a healthier body, a better shepherded body, a better taught body is a better body on mission to this world. We see that, we know that, and we need that, and we are looking for more of that. So that's one of our four focuses for this year. Number two, community groups. We talk pretty openly about this idea of two halves of a whole. If somebody only attends a Sunday morning and they are not a part of a community group, they are experiencing roughly, approximately, somewhere in the neighborhood of half of what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. Now this might be a tender spot for some of you because honestly there are some people who simply cannot be a part of a community group. It just isn't an option physically, time-wise, that type of a thing. I understand the challenges of this. But I want to talk about it from a, from a biblical perspective and then, and then we can move out to the practical side of things over the course of time. And that's essentially what we want to do. So when we state big biblical theological statements like everybody should be in a community group because this is where we can actually apply the gospel into one another's lives, and you say, but I can't, I, I don't want you to feel like you are left out of the church I want you to understand that we do minister in the reality of life as well. But we want to start by saying what we believe to be true. That if we have a call to to take care of one another, to love one another, to bear one another's burdens, to stir one another up, to hold each other accountable to life and godliness, to judge one another, Paul writes about in 1 Corinthians. If we're going to do this, and that takes some explanation, I apologize. You don't just sit there in community group and be like, oh, that's a terrible outfit. That's not what we're talking about. But the heart of being in community is essential. And for that, we need more community groups. We need more community group leaders, more community group hosts, more people stepping in and saying, yes, I will, I will take on the, the, the task and the role of shepherding this, this body that, that's entrusted to me, this community group that does life together, that ministers to one another and cares for each other. We need more. So we're gonna be very intentional this year about pouring into that space, developing, cultivating, training, equipping hosts and community group leaders because we believe this is going to be one of those building blocks that if we have dreams of continuing to press on and planting churches, if we have dreams of continuing to press on and seeing new elders and new, new people rise up into leadership, it's gonna start by doing the work of raising up people to lead these community groups and to be faithful in that space. They're kind of like micro churches in a big way. If you've been a part of one for any time, you've seen how that functions, the, the one another piece of doing life together. Community groups are going to be a focus for us this year. Next up, membership. 
I know, this is, all like the, this is all the sexy talk of church. So exciting, so much fun. And it's weird hearing sexy and church in the same sentence, but um, yeah, anyways. When you read through Acts 2, 42 through 47, which we did last night, you see that as the church grew in unity and fellowship, the mission was propelled forward. More unity and more fellowship in the body propels more mission. If we have dreams of reaching the lost, it's going to start, as we talked about last night, by being people who are being filled up with all the fullness of God. A church that is being filled up with all the fullness of God so that our communities can be filled up with all the fullness of God. So how does that connect to membership? Our dream for Anthem Church is that we demonstrate the gospel by living out the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. We're in a very strange culture right now, presently. And it's probably been going on for quite a while. There are a lot of high-quality local churches. Very, very high-quality, gospel-loving, gospel-preaching, Jesus-loving, Jesus-preaching local churches. And what that's done is that's created a, a culture, kind of nationally, but even more locally, where people feel freedom to kind of bounce around from church to church and simply just be a part of whatever church feels right on a Sunday or... As things get difficult, move on to the next place. And as things get difficult, move on to the next place and on and on. And I know that that is many of our stories. And I understand uh, the, the pain and the challenges that have come that have caused some of those moves. I don't want to be flippant about that. But one of the things that we have to wrestle with as a church collectively, not just the leadership, but all of us, is who are we responsible to and who are we responsible for? When you look at membership in the, in the scriptures, it's not about uh, the people of Thessalonica belonging to the church of Thessalonica. There's no organizational membership component. There is a body membership, members one of another. I belong to you and you belong to me. When we look at spiritual gifts, when we look at life in the body, we're going to this afternoon, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 12, but when we look at those things and we understand what it means to actually pour into each other, we need to know what it means to belong to each other and who we're responsible for in taking care of this church. So membership is going to be a high focus this year, challenging and calling people to, be, to state their belonging, to say, yes, I am of Anthem Church and I belong to Andrew and Andrew belongs to me and I belong to Josh and Josh belongs to me and I belong to Anna and Anna belongs to me and that's our story is we are submitting ourselves and taking responsibility for each other. This is a greater call to life in the body. And the last thing that we're going to be focusing on is something that we cannot ever get away from. It is the absolute mandate of the, of the, the church, and that is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Our dream is to empower and equip this family for life on mission to this world. We can't get away from that. We need to be pushing each other out into the world saying, therefore, go and make disciples. Be out there. Be with your eyes on this world, on this community, on your neighbors, on your family, on your friends, so that you can have a posture of, Lord, how can you use me to fulfill your great commission? 
Now, I realize that most of what I just described to you is not glamorous, right? I could come up here and say, we're going to do a massive building program. We're going to make this place amazing. Like, that could be the vision for the year. And I understand that maybe the things that I'm talking about are like, oh, okay, new elders, new community group leaders, membership, and mission. <laughs> it's not new and exciting and tantalizing, and this is not a sales pitch. This is the work of being a church. This is what it means to press on towards the upward call of God and Christ Jesus. It's not looking for a new thing, a faster thing, a better thing, a new angle, a bigger way. It's pressing in to what God has called us to and saying yes, more. That's where we're going this year and I wanna invite you to be in this with us. We're gonna talk more about that this afternoon but I want you to hear the call right now and we need you, and we want you, and collectively, God has a goal and a mission for us. All right? Thank you, Matt. All right.